Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go. Hallelujah. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our, our, our every word that comes out of our mouth. He is worthy to be held King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He is worthy to be glorified. His name is Jesus. His name is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He begins and he finishes in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we exalt you. Oh, why don't you open your mouth and thank God. And thank God for, for your neighbor. Thank God for the one sitting on your right. Thank God for the one behind you. Thank God for the one on your left and right. Thank God for every member of this church. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. You alone are worthy. You deserve the praise. You deserve the honor. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you the highest praise. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You alone are worthy to be worshipped. Thank you for being our faithful father and our Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, we thank God. We thank God. Amen. He's a good God. He's worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our praise. You are worthy, Lord. You alone deserve the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. He is worthy. Amen. Praise God. We've just come from our Easter period. Amen. And we just give God praise for all he has done, for, for all he did during our Good Friday, and for all he did during the Resurrection Sunday, amen. And I felt very impressed to carry on with the same momentum, just reflecting on, on the power of the cross, reflecting of what Jesus did for us, amen. So my message tonight, I bring you greetings from our senior pastor, amen who has uh, blessed me and released me, amen, this evening, amen. So today's message is going to be the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection, amen. We carry on on that note to see what the resurrection means to us as believers, amen. I mean, we all know Jesus was born in a manger. We all knew he lived, he was 30, he accomplished everything, that he was meant to do here on earth. And his greatest mission, the Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. According to the book of Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. 
Amen. I always say I was lost. I don't know about you, but I was lost. I always classify myself as the one privileged one who God found and rescued. He pulled me from, from darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So I always class myself as so blessed because he is a faithful God. So today, we just want to focus on the power of resurrection, what it means to us as believers, what it means for us as individuals that Christ resurrected from the dead. Amen. It means everything to us, amen. You can hear the testimonies in this church is a sign that the power of the resurrection is working in this church. You, you can see that Christ, the resurrected one, is still here. I was even asking the girls in the car to say, please, what, what's that song that, you know, he, the, he resurrected, he, the, he, the resurrected king has resurrected me. You know, we were singing in the resurrected king has resurrected me because I just thought, if the king didn't resurrect, I wouldn't have resurrected with him. Because I want you to understand from this point, when Jesus resurrected, you resurrected as well. I don't know if you know that, but when he went down, you know, he took all our past. And they were all dipped with him. And when he resurrected, this is why the Bible says, behold. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he is a new creature. All things have passed away purely because of what he did for us. Amen. Amen. So let's open our Bibles with that note and open our Bibles to the book of John chapter number 11. As we prepare to hear what God is saying to us, let's open our hearts and our spirit and Holy Spirit, you are here. You will help me to minister your word with clarity and understanding in Jesus name. Amen. So we welcome you in our midst. We cannot do it without you. Amen. John chapter 11 and verse number 25. Amen. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, Though he may die, he shall live. Amen. It's, it's very, very important to understand that Jesus is the real resurrection. He's the one who went through it all. If you read from the beginning of, of, of chapter number 11, this is the story of the death of Lazarus. Lazarus was Jesus' friend and his sisters were, you know, this is where Jesus was hanging out. If you'd put it in layman's term, this is where Jesus, after all he has done, everything, and he wanted to be fed, he would go to Lazarus' house, and his, his sisters will prepare food and serve him, and they will sit, and he will enjoy, you'll have a good time. So you would think that, you know, Christ, if Christ is in your house, is Christ is in your home, if Christ is in your house, you'll never lack any good thing, isn't it? If Christ is in your home, who can lack any good thing? But it's only about the revelation. If you don't have a revelation of who he is in your life, you will be walking down the streets in lack. You'll be sleeping in turmoil, not knowing that Jesus is in your home. You won't know what he has for you. So when you read from verse 1, um, John chapter 11, verse 1, now a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. You remember I mentioned? It was that Mary 
who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. You see, you have to have a history with Jesus. You have to say, Jesus, it was that Zama who ministered to that soul. It was that Zama who was working tirelessly. It was that Zama who was doing this and this and this and this for the Lord. You put your name. So you have to have a record with Jesus. You have to be working at it. You have to be do, going about doing good to people so that when you, when you can come back to him, you can say, Lord, I did this for you. I did that for you. You know, it was that, it was that he was, this Martha, this Mary was so known by Jesus that it was that Mary, she can never forget her. Because it was that Mary who washed his feet, dirty feet. He has gone to the field and anointed his feet with oil and wiped his feet with his, with his hair, with her hair. So he, she wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. So Jesus cannot, even in a million years, forget her. Because the scripture tells us that, you know, your, your, your name will be recorded long after you've gone. Your name will never be forgotten. Amen. So therefore, the sisters, when Lazarus passed on, verse 3, the Bible says, Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, Behold, he whom you love is sick. If anybody tells you anyone you love is sick, what are you going to do? You run. You run for your life to say, oh, somebody I know and love is sick. I will leave everything and run to that person. Amen. But when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Oh, I love that. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What you are going through is not unto death. You will not die from it. What you are going through sometimes may feel heavy as if, you know, you will die from it. You will not die. This sickness, it could be, you know, this period of your life that you are going through, which is unpredictable. This sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. That the son of God may be glorified through it. You see, when a diagnosis comes through, like we had our sister, a report that she had from the doctor, every year the report is a bit shaky, it's not a good report. They say, well, we have to see you again. We have to see you again. She said, I don't know if you had it. This kind of report, she's never had a good report. This kind of report, she's never had what? A good report. But this is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So that she can come and stand here and testify. And who receives the glory? It's God. It's not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. So go through what you are going through. Knowing that God will be glorified at the end of the day. God will be glorified through it. Amen. So endure the cross knowing that God will be glorified. Amen. Praise God. So verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I don't know about you, but one day when you are waiting for somebody you love to come and see you, 
even in hospital, if you are sick and nobody comes to visit you, one day is very long. So two days for them, knowing that Jesus loves Lazarus with all his heart and everything was very long. Amen. I know a lot of us might go through periods like that. When what we are going through seems very long, very long, but hold on tight. God will be glorified through it. Amen. Amen. So then after he said to his disciples, this is after two days, let us go to Judea again. This is not where they were. And this is not where Lazarus was. Let us go back to where we were. Let us go win some souls. Let us go into the field and witness to more people. Whereas Lazarus was in a different direction. But he says, oh, let us go to Judea again. So I believe if he says again, it means he's just come back from there. So he just had this news and he decides, no, let's go back again where we were. Amen. Don't feel bad when it feels like Jesus said, let us go to Judea again. Because sometimes you would feel like Jesus is, you know, is, is ignoring you, is not minding you. He's not mindful of you. But the Bible says he is so mindful of us. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over us. So God's eyes are never sleeping. God never have lazy eyes. God never have, you know, never even attempts to, you know, to be drowsy. He watches over us day and night. So he went again to Judea. Amen. So verse 9 says, Jesus answered. Amen. Praise God. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Do you get that? If anyone walks in darkness, in the day, he does not stumble because he sees what? The light of this world. He sees the sun. The sign is there. You cannot stumble in the daytime. You cannot trip in the daytime and say, oh, I didn't see this huge rock in front of me. But at night when it is dark, you can easily trip because the light is there. Verse 10. But if one walks in the night, like I just said, he stumbles because the light is not in him. If you have no revelation of Jesus Christ, you are walking in the night and you will stumble and you will fall. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because it's dark. It's like if you, you know, put a blindfold on your eyes tonight. And let's switch off the lights in this room and say, can you walk from this door to this door? How many times can you trip? In actual fact, you can think you are walking straight, but when you open your eyes, you'll be in a different place. And you wonder, how did I get here? It's because there's no light to direct you. Amen. Verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. This is the power, this is the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. He says, Our friend, he sleeps, but I'm just going to go and say, Lazarus, wake up. 
So don't worry about the things that you have no power of. Put the power in you. The power is in you. Don't worry about what's going on. The power is in you. Don't worry about him. He's sleeping. Can you imagine everyone looking at him and says, he breathed his last breath and you think he's sleeping? Amen. Verse 12. Amen. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. They started to think about it. If he's sleeping, then he will get well. Amen. Verse 13. However, Jesus spoke of his death, his own death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Oh, we pray for revelation. That revelation knowledge will begin to flood our being. We will understand who we are in Christ. Amen. Amen. And verse 14. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's gone. He's dead. There is no life in him. Anything that is dead, there is no life in him. If your finances are dead, it looks like they will never rise again. If your body feels dead in any part and the doctors have told you this part of your body is dead, is malfunctioning, I don't know what, what words they use, is, is, is not working, is malfunctioning, is, is, is non-responsive, this part of your body can never have life, there's no blood flow to that area, there's nothing going on there, it is dead. Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. It, fe it felt like the whole world probably you know, has crumbled down. Let's see verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. I was, I'm glad, I'm glad that he died in my absence. I'm glad for your own sakes that he died in my absence. Why? That you may believe. That you may believe. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Amen. Then Thomas, who, called, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciple, let us also go, that we may die with him. <laughs> oh, Thomas. Oh, let us go so we can die with him. If he's dead, let us go. Have you had relatives like that? I want to go. He's dead. I want to die with him. I want to go with him. Amen. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Four days in the tomb. In the tomb. He, he wasn't even outside in a fancy mortuary where they had frozen him or anything. He was in a tomb. It's hot. And obviously the body starts decaying. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem. Amen. Verse 16. He's been dead for, and verse 18. So now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Amen. And verse 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. You know, this is how society is. As soon as somebody passes on, they gather around you. It's somebody said like vultures, they gather around you. Some are coming to cry with you. Some are coming to think, are you not a friend of Jesus? This Jesus who performs miracles every day and your brother is dead. 
They've just come to hear if it's true. Is it really, really, really true that you, Jesus eats in your house every day and Lazarus is dead and he did nothing about it and you haven't seen him since. Some have come, yes, to cry. Some have come to mock. Some have come to see that is this power real or was this a fake power? Amen. Verse 20. And now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Martha, Mary was sitting in the house. Amen. Let's go. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, look at Martha. If you hadn't been here, my brother would not have died. She's crying. Her sister decided to sit in the house. But Martha ran ahead and said, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. In a way to say, where were you? Where were you when this happened? This should not have happened. Verse 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God. Oh, I love her faith. Even now, even now, even now in the death of Lazarus. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. God will give you. Are there any women or men in this house when they open their mouth and ask God, they have this assurance that God, whatever I ask of God, God will give me. Whatever I ask of God, God will give me. We need to get to that point that you know and you know that whatever I ask of God, if it's in his will, he will give me. And have no doubt about it. Amen. And have no doubt about it. Amen. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Amen. Your brother will rise again. Whatever is dead will rise again. Mother said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's got a bit of information, but she hasn't got it quite who she's speaking to. She, she understands a bit that in the resurrection, yes, he will rise again because he died in the Lord. This is why it's important for us to die having given our lives to Christ. Because we will rise again. In the last day, we are sure we will rise again. But this was not what Jesus meant. Amen. Verse 25, that's where we begin. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Though he may die, he shall live. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, he may die, but he shall live. Amen. Verse 26. Let's go quick. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is what Jesus was asking her. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because it's in your belief. If you don't believe it, it won't work for you. If you don't believe that Jesus can change your life, nothing can happen. You've got to believe with all your heart that he's the one who's changed my life. He is the one who continues to change my life. He is the one who is in my future. He knows my future. He knows my going in and my coming out. He knows everything. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? 27. 
Amen. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. Listen to that. The son of God who is to come into the world. Amen. Hallelujah. And 28. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. The teacher is here. He's calling for you. Amen. You remember this Mary, he used to sit at the feet of Jesus while mother was busy. Busy tidying up the house, cooking. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Verse 29. And soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Amen. Verse 30. And now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. So they met on the way, so they were going back into the house. Amen. So then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Oh my God. They didn't hear, they didn't hear, even hear Martha calling her that the Lord, the teacher is calling you. All they think about is the situation where you find yourself. Don't think about the situation where you find yourself. Don't think about it. It may be limiting. You might be in a one-bedroom flat or flatlet or I don't know what it's called. Don't think about the limitations, the four walls. Think about what God is doing in your life. Amen. Then the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her, she's going into the tomb to weep there. Verse, the next verse, then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Oh dear, he's having this for the second time now. Wow. Therefore, then Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Where have you laid their dreams? Where have you laid their healing? And said to him, Lord, come and see. Come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done. Amen. And verse 35 says, Jesus wept. That shows he was in deep sorrow. He was in deep sorrow for Lazarus, his friend. Then the Jews said to him, see, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind, I told you, I told you they are here, they are in their midst. Couldn't this man, they can't even call him Jesus now. Couldn't this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Wow. Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. Take away the weight that is weighing on this. Take away the stone. Martha and his sister, the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, hi, by this time, mm -mm, spare your nose because it's a stench. He's been dead for four days. Some of you, your dreams, you think they've been dead for four years. 
some four months, some four years, some even 40 years. They keep going. You think they're dead. They can never resurrect. It's only who you know. Jesus said, take away the stone. By this time, the stench that is coming from there, he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you would believe, if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. You see the miracles when they happen in your life is for everyone who's on the outside to see the glory of God. To see the glory of God in your life, in your marriage, in your personal walk. They would say, is this? That man I met four years ago who looked like this, is this the man? Is this the man who used to do one, two, three? Is this the man? Is this the couple whose marriage was broken? You know, it was ending and God has done this miracle. Is this a woman who was sick, who came sick, diseased, nearly dying? Is this a woman? So that the glory of God would be seen. So that the glory of God, every testimony you stand here and share is for the glory of God. What you've gone through, you've gone and come back. It's not your doing. The glory goes to God. You've been sick and God has healed you. The glory goes to God. Believe and you will see the glory of God. All we need to do is to believe. Amen. All we need to do is to believe. And then Jesus took away the stone from that place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifting up his eyes, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Thank you that you have heard me. I believe when he was groaning, the Bible said earlier on when we read the scripture, and then Jesus was troubled and he was groaning. I believe he was interceding for Lazarus because the Bible says, you know, when we pray in tongues, we make groanings with words that cannot be uttered. So he was groaning in the spirit, interceding, praying, praying on the inside of him, praying for Lazarus. And when he said, I thank you because you had me. Before that, he never said anything. I believe he prayed in the spirit. He groaned. Here we go. He groaned in the spirit. And he was troubled. And he lifted up his voice and said, Father, I thank you for you've heard me. Let's go there. Next verse. Amen. And I know that you always hear me. Not that you just heard me once. And you always hear me. This is your testimony. That every time you open your mouth to speak to God, God will hear you. Not just once. It won't be a one-off. But God will always hear you. God will always hear you. God will always hear your cry. God will always hear your, your, your prayers. God will always hear you when you pray. Amen. I know that you always hear me. But because of these people who are standing by here, I said this, that they may believe you sent me. That they may believe you sent me. Amen. Next verse. Now, when he said, he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Wow. 
you can hear Lazarus coming forth from the stench to walking. From the stench to walking. When, and he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave glow, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, lose him and let him go. Whatever has bound your feet and your hands, we are saying to it, lose him and let him go. We are saying, lose him and let him go. We are saying, lose him and let him go. Whatever sickness, whatever lack that has bound your life, today we speak into that situation. We say, let it lose you and let it go. Let you go and let you go. You are going free. You are going free. You are going free in Jesus' name. Your finances are going free in Jesus' name. Your body is going free in Jesus' name. Your mind is going free in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Lose him and let him go. Somebody's going free tonight. I don't know what situation looks so tight in tight places, but tonight you are going free. In Jesus' name, you are going not the same way you came into this hall tonight. Tonight you are living free in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus is setting you free. He's who he, the Son of God sets free. He is free indeed. Whom the Son of God sets free, he is free indeed. He came that the captives will be set free. You are set free tonight from sickness. You are set free tonight from anything binding your mind. You are set free tonight from any accusation of the enemy. You are set free tonight from any bondage. You are set free tonight from any spirit binding you, limiting you, hindering your movement, hindering your progress in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for setting us free tonight. Thank you for setting us free tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lose him and let him go. Today we are walking in freedom. Today we are walking in liberty because of what he did for us. Amen. We are walking free. Nothing is stopping us. Nothing is preventing us from, from achieving what God has said we will achieve in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So without dying, we cannot have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without him going on the cross, this is why I urge each and every one of us, if God has given you a vision, if God has given you purpose, if God has given you something to do and achieve, do it with all your might. If Jesus didn't go on the cross, he would have lived a life of no purpose. He was born just like you and me, born to a father and a mother, but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I do believe if you pray and ask God, why? What is it? What problem am I supposed to solve here on earth? What is it that you have endowed me naturally? Some people can speak naturally and they can be motivational speakers. Some people can write. Writing is easy for them. They can write a book in two days. Do it. Don't wait and say, oh, I'll do it when I've got money. I will do it when. Let money not be an issue. Some people, God has given them 
a brain for business. Business acumen. They have ideas, but they've never natured those ideas to cause them to come to fruition. So let us live a life of purpose. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He says, I've achieved my goals. I've achieved my purpose here on earth. And he died and he resurrected. So what are the benefits of the resurrection for us? What are the benefits of the resurrection for us? Let's look into one. I don't know how many we can cover in a day. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. And see what God did for us. Amen. From verse 1. Praise God. For the law having a shadow of good things. Amen. To come and not the very image of the things. Can never with these same sacrifices. Which they offer continually year by year. Make those who approach perfect. So what it's saying is. Any sacrifice that was made by, by in the past, in the Old Testament, it wasn't sufficient enough. It was not a good sacrifice. Amen. Verse 2. Let's go to verse 2. For then would they have not ceased to, to be offered. For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. Amen. Let's go to verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. And then verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats could take away their sins. So in the past, in the Old Testament, they used to offer, offer, offer. It was not enough. Therefore, when he came into this world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. This was Jesus who was prepared for us. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. That there is no amount of offerings we can give that would be enough to buy back our life. Amen. And verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Nothing could please him. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will Oh God, amen. This was Jesus, amen. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings for your sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which offered them. Amen. Let's go to verse 9. Amen. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, oh God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Let's say that again. He takes away the first so that he may what? Establish the second. Let's say that again. He takes away the first so that he may establish the second. So he took away Jesus so he, he can establish me. Amen. He took away the first so that he can establish the second. No amount of offering or sacrifices or bulls or chickens we could have had the whole farm every month we can say every month let's offer a goat next month let's offer a chicken next month let's offer a bull next month let's offer a lamb let's start again let's offer again no amount would have been enough no amount but he says he takes away the first so that he can establish the second verse 10 by that we will have been sanctified. 
through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Hallelujah. Once and for all. Hallelujah. So that just once, not the many times they were doing. Every time God gave them victory, they sacrificed. But this time, only once. So one of the benefits of the resurrection is that you were sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. What does it mean to be sanctified? You are set apart for God's use. You are fit enough for God's use. You've been set aside as an instrument fit for, 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 for God to use you. So you can never say I'm born again, but God cannot use me because, oh, I'm like this, I'm like that, I'm like this. God can still use you. God can still use you. God can still use you in whatever state that you are in. God is able to use you. Amen. So one of the benefits of the resurrection is that God's will was fulfilled to sanctify us. So we were sanctified through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's check verse 14 and see what is another benefit. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So from sanctified and now we are what? Perfected. Amen. Just by one offering. How much offering can you bring that can perfect you? How much offering can you give God that can perfect you? None. No amount. Even if the last amount of money was maybe zillionaire. If you brought it all, no amount will be able to perfect us. So this is where you need to understand that you have been perfected. Don't look at your physical mistakes. Don't look at your physical, you know, things that are issues in your life and say, oh, I'm not a perfect person. Because by one offering, he has perfected us forever. Those who are being what? Sanctified. He has perfected us forever. Forever perfected. Forever perfected. It's not a one-off perfection. You are perfect. And if you stand here and say, I am perfect, people might think, who does she think she is? But you need to understand from the standpoint that your perfection is coming from. For by one offering, he has perfected us forever. Those who are being sanctified. So you are perfected. Nothing lacking, nothing missing. Nothing short of. You are perfected. All you need to do is to confess it. I am perfected by Christ. By just that one sacrifice that happened, I was perfected in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's look into 1 Peter chapter 1 and 3. What the resurrection did for us. Amen. Praise God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen? 
you have a heavenly inheritance. Amen. Abundant mercy is yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who has begotten us to a living hope. So your life is a life of hope. Wherever you are, you have a life of hope. Wherever you stand, you should be hopeful because of that one thing. That Christ has resurrected and has come back to life. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 to 10. Amen. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God has perfected us. Amen. Romans chapter 5 from verse 6. Amen. For when we were still without strength, I don't know about you, have you ever been without strength before? When you were not born again, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Verse 7, he died for us. For scarcely, for a righteous, it's very rare, for a righteous man who will die who will die, yeah? Who one will. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Did you get that? It is very rare for somebody to die for an ungodly man. But for a godly man, maybe somebody, you know, can die and say, let me die, this man is too holy. I can die for this man. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us when we were still sinners, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So you are saved from the wrath. You are saved from the anger of God. Amen. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Wow. What a powerful testimony. We are saved by his life. We are saved by his life. Let's look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Amen. As we prepare to close. Revelation 1 and 18. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Hallelujah. I am he who lives. And I was dead. And behold, I'm now alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. He has them in his hand. No one can take them from him. No one can take them from him. He has the keys of, of death. He went into hell, took the keys and ran with them and he has them in his hand. This is why even if a believer dies, we shouldn't cry. Because it means they are living. They are alive. They are still alive. The body is dead, but the spirit is still alive. The spirit never, never, never dies. The spirit is living. This is why every time one gives their life to Christ, we know where they are going to spend eternity. Because when you die and you haven't given your life to Christ, Hades and death is waiting. But for us, Jesus took the keys of death. He took the keys of hell. And he took them and he has victory. He's got them and no one can use them against us. 
No one can use them against us. Amen. So we are living a victorious life. This is why we need to know who we are, what the resurrection has, died, has done for us. Amen. We have been made alive in Christ. Amen. Um, Romans 6 and 3. Praise God. So we can understand when you get baptized, you symbolize what you symbolize. Amen. So do you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, they were baptized into his death. Let's, let's look verse 4. Amen. Praise God. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. This is the symbolism of baptism. When you as a believer are being baptized, this is exactly what's happening. You stand and when you are dipped in the water, you are symbolizing through baptism the death of Jesus Christ. And just as Christ was raised, because when we baptize you, we don't dip you in the water and you never come out. Otherwise, it will just symbolize death only. But because you are dipped and you come out of the water, you symbolize the, ra the raising from the dead by the glory of the Father. Amen. Even so, we, we should also walk in the newness of life. So once you are dipped, you are saying to the old life, be dipped, you know, through the death of Jesus Christ and you are rising with Christ. Therefore, you are walking in the newness of life. You are walking. This is why baptism is so important. If you haven't been baptized and you desire to be baptized, this is where it seals you. Are, you are born again. You are now symbolizing that I am buried with him. And I rise with him. As much as he rose when he, he got resurrected from the dead, you rise with him. This is why now you can say, you know, I live, I move. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. Because you are walking with him everywhere you are. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my identity. I have my being. Amen. I have my being. I have my being. Praise God. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 as we close. Amen. What does Philippians say? This was Paul who wrote so many books of the New Testament. And he summed it up in verse 10. That I may know him. How much more? Did he desire to know him after writing so much about him? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That I may know him. We need to get to that point where some people can say, I know God. I can hear him speak to me. I can hear him clearly. And some people say, I never hear God at all. I never hear him speak to me. Paul said that I may know him. It should be the desire of every believer. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Because there is a power behind his resurrection. There is a power behind his resurrection. He didn't just wake up. The Bible says in the book of, um, is it Acts or? 
the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is resident in us. The same, okay, the same power that caused Jesus to stand up and resurrect from the dead, it is resident in us. I don't think you get it. The same power that caused him to rise from the dead is living on the inside of us. Amen. First John 4. First John 4. Because the Bible says, you are of God, little children. You have overcome them. For greater is he who's in you than the one who is in the world. So you are walking with power on the inside of you. When you open your mouth and make decrees, it's backed by this power. He who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world, is greater than your enemy, is greater than that situation, is greater than that lack, is greater than that, that circumstance you are, faring, you, are, you are facing in your life. He who is in us is greater. So today, what do you want to do with this power? The resurrection power that is on the inside of us. That is on the inside of us. Is on the inside of us. Is on the inside of us. You can choose to deny it, but if you are born again, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. If you are sick, there is no sickness that can bypass Jesus. The same power is in him. The same one that raised Lazarus is in, is in us. The same power. Not broken down power. Not reduced power. Not diverted power. The same power. You see, the world wants to see miracles. They want to raise the dead without the power backing it. The same power that, was in, that raised Jesus from the dead is a resident in us. And that's the power that will do miracles in your life. When natured, Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Today, you will know him better and better. Every day will become better. Every day you spend with him will become better. Every day you hear his voice, it will be more clearer and clearer and clearer. The Bible says you'll hear a voice behind you saying, walk ye in here. This is the path you should walk in. And you will not deviate from it. You will not go to the left or right, but you will go straight. You will hear a voice directing you. I pray for our ears that we will hear God. I pray that in our spiritual life, we'll be sensitive. We will tune into the frequency of God. We will hear 
him when he speaks to us. We will hear him when he directs us. We will hear him when he nudges us. We will hear him when he speaks to us. We will declare his word. We will recognize that the greater is he who is in us than the one who is in the world. Today, you just want to rise up and begin to pray that your ears will be, your ears, you'll hear him. In the morning, you'll hear him. At night, you'll hear his voice. You'll never miss his voice. You'll never miss your path. You will walk in the light. Your light of the word of God will shine brighter and brighter and brighter until the fullness of day in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to open your mouth and begin to pray that you'll hear God. All the days of your life, you will understand the power of resurrection, that he died, that you may have life, that you died so you can have life and have it more abundantly. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to empower us. He came that we may have this power. He said to us, greater works than this will you do as I go unto the Father. You'll do greater works than he did in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to open your mouth that you'll hear his voice, that you you may know him and the power of his resurrection. May you know him on every day. May you never miss his voice. May you never miss him. May he direct your path. May he reveal mysteries to you. Mysteries upon mysteries for deep calleth unto deep. May he call deep unto deep in the mighty name of Jesus. As you go deeper with him, may he show you great and mighty things that you know nothing of in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to open your mouth and begin to pray that you'll not miss his voice no sound you'll know his voice a voice of another will you not hear in the mighty name of Jesus father may we know your voice may we never miss your voice oh God oh father we thank you for your power of the resurrection thank you that greater is he who is in us than the one who's in the world we thank you Lord we thank you we give you praise. We thank you, Lord. May we walk in the fullness of the power of resurrection. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Let your power be evident. Let it touch lives and heal lives, Lord. Wherever we are, oh Father, let your power be available to heal and to deliver in the mighty name of Jesus so that you can receive the glory, so that you can receive the glory. Oh, Father, we thank you that you hear us. When we pray, you hear us, oh God. You hear us when we pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you. You have sanctified us with your word. You have sanctified us with your word. You have perfected us, oh God. Through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord. Give you all the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor, Lord. That we may know you. And the power of your resurrection. This is our desire tonight. That we will know you and the power of your resurrection. As we draw near to you, Lord, may you draw near to us. May you unveil mysteries to us, Lord. Deep calleth unto deep. We thank you as we go deep with you, Lord. 
As we get close to you, Father, you will show us mysteries, hidden riches in, in hidden places in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's appreciate the Lord for all he has done for us. Let's appreciate the Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. The entrance of your word, it brings light, it brings understanding. We thank you that understanding has come and flooded our spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen and amen. Let's please invite somebody on Sunday. Let's do it. We are getting close to the end of the month. It's our month of soul winning. I'm saying to the prayer team that if one person would invite just one person, we will double in number in this church. If everyone would invite just one person to church, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise God. Let's invite just one person this Sunday and, 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 and follow them up and bring them to church this Sunday so they can receive the same word. They can grow in the word of God and be nourished and grow thereby. In Jesus' name, amen. Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbeji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH11, 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go.